Um, if you don't know me, my name is Pastor Jake. I have the honor of serving the Young Adult Ministry as the pastor here. But y'all are awesome. Y'all are awesome. I'm, I'm stoked to be here tonight. I'm going to bring a message, uh, kind of a new series. We just finished to cover the earth. And now we're in a series. Um, uh, it's really a two-week series, two-slash-three-week series um, entitled Slow Down, Freedom is Here. So slow down, freedom is here. As a culture, we do not like to wait. Waiting rooms, those are the worst. I just went to Anna's house two Fridays ago, and we showed up like any normal person would do, and we went, and we were, said, hey, we got a table for two. They're like, it'll be about 20 minutes, and we're sitting there waiting, and all these people just start like coming in, and they come in, and they go to the front, and they just sit down. I'm like, what is going on right now? And what is going on? You know, I'm kind of getting angry. I'm like, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Because I don't like waiting, right? And also they come in, and then another couple comes in, and then they're sitting down. I'm like, we were here before them. Gosh dang it. Why are they letting them in before me? Come to find out, at Anna's house, you can go online, and you can reserve your spot. Isaiah, is this true? Where's Isaiah at? Is that true? So we hate, hate, we hate waiting so much. We create technology so we don't even have to wait at all. You have waiting rooms. You have red lights. Some of y'all, you get at the red light, and you just hate waiting. So, like, you're that person that's just, like, inching. You know what I mean? Like, you don't even stop. You're just, like, inching. And then you're, like, looking over at the, at the, at the little blinking, you know, the, for the crosswalk, and you got the timer down there, you know what I'm talking about? You're looking at that timer, and you're like, okay, it hits zero, and you're like, boom. Some of y'all got the same route to work every single day, and you know exactly how those lights go. So you don't even slow down because you hate waiting. So you're like, wait, you're like, okay, I got to go this speed, and you're, you go through so you don't hit that red light. Like, we hate waiting. Some of y'all got bad internet. You'd be swiping down on Instagram, and it's just like loading, and you're just like you're about to break your phone because you hate waiting. You hate waiting so much that YouTube doesn't even allow you to watch an ad more than five seconds. Skip. You hate, we hate waiting. Our parents are like the microwave generation. We're something worse than that. I don't even know what it is. There's no name for it yet. If you've got a cool name, share it with me. Maybe we'll start a trend. We're a rushed culture. We're a frantic culture. We're a hustle culture. We're a busy culture. And tonight, I want to open up a concept that these temptations or cultural pressures are not just natural, but they're spiritual. Bless you. That these concepts of hustle, of busyness, of frantic, of go, 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 are not just a trend of a busy culture, but of a demonic influence that's drawing you in. Some of you be like, man, you're going there with demonic. I'm going there with demonic. I'm going there with a dark spiritual force that is luring us in to not have any rest in our soul. It's a dark spiritual force that's drawing people away from rest and connection with Jesus and connection to the material uh, world and, and, and draws us away from rest and into frantic busyness, depression. It's not just natural, friends. It's spiritual. It's not just 
millionaires and billionaires trying to grab our attention to sell us a product. It's the, it's the spirit of this age. It's the deceitfulness of riches. It's the fear of missing out that's drawing us into the pit of busyness to keep us enslaved to the things that are destroying our soul. But we love it, and we're addicted to it. And it's that addictive nature that shows me that it's spiritual, and it's not natural. It's not just material. It's spiritual. And so if you're going to deal with a spiritual issue, you have to come from it from a spiritual lens. But we don't do that, and so that's what this message is kind of about. Slow down. Slow down. Freedom is here. And my bottom line today is waiting on the Lord is the safest place to be. Slow down. So waiting on the Lord. Remember, we hate to wait. But the irony is that the waiting or the patience in relationship with Jesus is the safest place to be. And our culture is drawing you away from that place. So this is what it says in Isaiah 40, verses 30 through 31. Even youths shall faint and be weary, and young men shall fall exhausted. But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. I'll say that again. But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. It's those who wait on the Lord. Some of y'all are tired. Some of y'all are depressed. Some of y'all are in despair. Some of y'all have heaviness on you that is not natural. It's dark and you feel it. And the Lord is saying to us through Isaiah that if you will wait on him, he will give you wings like eagles. He will renew your strength. You will run and not grow weary. You will walk and not grow faint. But it's those who have learned the art and the discipline of waiting. Waiting on the Lord. Man, I wish, I wish it was this easy. I wish we would just get this. But it is, this is the, the track of discipleship is learning to wait. It's learning to trust is another way to think about it. And so today we're going to be looking at a story in Exodus, in the, in the book of Exodus. It's a, it's a familiar story for a preacher to preach on, and I will preach on it. It's the story where Moses is on Mount Sinai and the Israelites are at the base of the mountain. Moses is up there meeting with God, giving, getting the commandments for the people of Israel and establishing the covenant with, with God for the, for the Jewish nation, for the people of Israel. He's up on the mountain and the Israelites, the people were down at the base of the mountain. It's this sad story where God invited all of them up, but they were afraid. God invited all of them up, but they were like, you know, Moses... You, just, you can just go up there. We're cool down here. It's the sadness. God gave them what they desired, and so he was meeting with Moses at the top. And He's up there for 40 days meeting with God. So you'll find this Exodus 20 through Exodus 31. He's up there meeting with God. He's, 
He's relating to God. He's getting the commandments. He's getting the instructions for the, for the tabernacle. He's getting all these instructions. And that's a lot of like details that are kind of like seemingly unnecessary, but it's very profound. And he's getting these instructions. And then all of a sudden, these 40 days have passed, and the Israelite people, they're at the bottom of the mountain, okay? They're at the bottom of this mountain, and they're getting, they're getting impatient. They're getting impatient. When is Moses going to come down? When is he going to come get us instructions? You just brought us out of Egypt to bring us in the wilderness. What now, God? What now, God? We would have been better off if we were back in Egypt in slavery. What's going on, God? Waiting impatiently at the bottom of the mountain. And then they start, they have this good idea that, you know, they're waiting, so they better just get busy. They better just, they better start doing something. So they start gathering jewelry, gold jewelry, from all the people of Israel. And Aaron says, let's, let's fashion an image of a calf. And let's worship this image as God, the one who brought us out of Egypt. And so although God had just rescued them from slavery, they're waiting at the bottom of the mountain, and they they, they, they engrave this idol of a golden calf to worship. Are you guys following me? So they, they engrave this idol and they start worshiping it. They actually, it's not a new God. They actually claim that this idol is the God who brought them out of Egypt. It's an interesting distinction. Because they weren't making a new God. They were making something that's ordinary and they were making an image that they could understand. So God was up on the mountain revealing himself with thunder and lightning and he was meeting with God and then they say, that's a little bit too intense so we're going to fashion something that we can handle. I don't like a God who doesn't, I don't like a God who sends people to hell so I'm going to make a God who doesn't. Get it? I don't like a God who tells me that sex is for marriage and only for marriage. So I'm going to create a different God that says it's okay and that marriage is just a contract from the government and it doesn't really matter anyway. Get it? When we get impatient with God, we ultimately compromise our values. When we don't wait on the Lord and when we don't have relationship with him, we're drawn by spiritual dark forces away in our mind and our thinking gets twisted and our allegiance gets drawn away from our creator. So you have Moses on top of the mountain. After the 40 days, he gets the Ten Commandments, the instructions for the tabernacle and the instructions for how the Israelites were supposed to relate to God. And for 40 days, Moses is just in the presence of God. And then you have those other people who for the 40 days are waiting impatiently, and that's what we're going to compare and contrast today. One waited with God, Moses. One waited without God. One came back with commandments of God. One produced idols. One seemed to be doing nothing. Moses, what are you doing up there? You're just waiting on the Lord. What are you doing? One seemed to be doing nothing. One group, the Israelites got really busy and productive trying to help God out. You see, our life consists of how we manage our seasons of waiting. Another way to think of that is how we trust God, how we trust him, how we trust our God. 
So a question we can ask is, am I actively, am I actively trusting God with my season of life? Am I trusting him or am I busy? Am I trusting him or am I taking things into my own hands? Or do we numbingly move through life keeping busy and occasionally nodding at God's existence? So the question is, how are we going to wait? Okay, How are we going to wait? Are we going to trust God or are we going to keep busy and fool ourselves into thinking that we're living for him when we're just keeping busy. So, waiting on the Lord is the safest place to be. I'm going to share just three scriptures for you, and then we're going to keep moving. Isaiah 40, 30, 31. I shared this earlier. Even youths shall faint and be weary, and young men shall fall exhausted, but they who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Then Lamentations 3, 25 through 26. Oh, I'm going to get you guys to wait tonight. I'm going to get, not the Lord is, because these scriptures are. Man, they'll pierce your heart and expose the lies of the devil and show us just how crazy, how amazing God is and how waiting is the safest place to be. The Lord is good to those who what? Wait, wait for him. To the soul who seeks him. It is good that one should wait quietly. Why? Because we can trust God. We can trust him. Trusting God is the safest place to be. It's the safest place to be. You know what's the worst place to be? In your own hands. You can't even trust yourself to wake up on time in the morning. You got like three snooze buttons. You're going to try to keep your, your life in your hands? Man. Wait on the Lord. Psalm 27, 13 through 14. I believe that I shall look upon the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. I believe that I shall look upon the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. What does that mean? I believe that I'll see the goodness of God in my life. I believe I'll see His faithfulness break through the darkness and I'll see it with my own eyes. I believe not because I can be so good, but because He is faithful to send Jesus to die for my sin, to raise from the dead, to give Give me a new life. Are you guys hearing this? How about you guys over here? He's faithful. I believe I'll see his faithfulness even if my circumstances don't change. You know what? I've changed. My boss used to bother me. Not no more because I got new eyes. My family used to be my family until I got saved and he gave me a new life. Now my heart breaks for my family. And I believe that even though that might not change your goodness has given me new eyes to see the things that used to change me, that used to ruin my day, that used to make, that used to, to steal my joy. Man, I believe I will see the goodness of the Lord. This is what it says. Wait for it. Wait for the Lord. Man, this is, this is be strong. You see, waiting isn't weak. Be strong. And let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. Some of you need to hear this, man. Wait for the Lord. Some of y'all have been like, man, I've been single for two. Wait for the Lord. Some of y'all are like, man, this job, man, this job, I need a new job that may wait 
for the Lord. You know, he doesn't want to give you all. He's not just a provider that provides blessings, but he's a father who cares for us. And so stop making that the idol and start making him your idol. Make him your one thing, and then he takes care of you. Wait for the Lord. Don't wait for the promotion. Wait for the Lord. Don't wait for the boo. Wait for the Lord. Don't wait. Don't wait. Don't wait for that. Wait for the Lord. Man, you don't want the guy that's on, you don't want the guy that's messaging you on Instagram, Snapchat. You want to wait for the Lord. I mean, the Lord can work through Instagram, but I'm saying. <laughs> mostly not, though. I'll say mostly 99.99%. It's not the Lord. That's, that's some, I call, we call that Holy Ghost anesthesia. I'm like cutting you at the heart, and then it's just, the Lord's just like laughter. I don't even feel it, Lord. I don't even feel it. You're just cutting me deep, showing me my, I don't trust you, but it's funny. He's cutting you deep. He's cutting you. Waiting on the Lord is the safest place to be. Slow down. Slow down. Stop rushing. Stop rushing. Stop rushing. Stop filling your calendars. Be okay with silence. Slow down. Be okay with being alone. Slow down. Be okay with your status in life. Slow down. Wait for the Lord. Wait for the Lord. Wait for the Lord. Pursue the Lord. It's the safest place to be. There's things in life that you just, it's really hard to admit that you don't know how to do. Like turning a dishwasher on. I remember I got married. And like my mom always did the dishwasher. And then I got married and then we didn't have a dishwasher for the first two apartments. And then we got a dishwasher in our house. And then Ab was, my wife was like, hey, can you run the dishwasher? And like I was just like not going to admit that I didn't know how to walk, like turn a dishwasher on. <laughs> like I just wouldn't admit it. You know what I'm talking about? Maybe it's a guy thing. Maybe it's a human thing. I don't know. It's a me thing though. And so I'm like, I just don't know how to do this. So I do it, and then I put the soap in the wrong spot, and then they ran it, and then she's like, these things are still dirty. And I'm like, she's like, do you even know how to run a dishwasher? And I'm like, no. No, I don't. So, but like, so a lot of us would be like, okay, uh, do you know how to trust? The, yeah, I know how, to tr- I know how to trust the Lord. I yeah, I've, I've gone to church my whole life. Do I know? No, I didn't ask you to do Did you go to church? I asked you, do you know how to trust the Lord? I didn't ask you, do you, do you have a fish bumper sticker? I asked you, do you know how to trust the Lord? Do you know what it, you, do you, have you experienced what it means to wait on Him and have Him be faithful to you and your life? So when skeptics and atheists and objections come to you, you're not wavering in your faith because you don't have answers because you know Him. A lot of us are like the Israelites secondhand. We're like, Moses knows God. I'm saying, do you know Him? Have you waited on him enough to where he's shown himself faithful? You see, most people experience God's faithfulness through a preacher who tells a testimony and not through the living God who comes to meet with people who have faith and who will wait. 
you can experience the faithfulness of God in your life. First of all, through Jesus coming and regenerating and making you new on the inside. And then secondly, like a father who comes into your life and makes everything new. Everything that that breaks your heart that's difficult for you, he's saying, wait on me. Bring it to me. Wait on me. Wait on me. Trust me. So we have to learn to wait. You have to learn how to wait. It's a weird thing. You're in a waiting room. People used to look at magazines. You go to a waiting room, and you're just like, somebody walks in, you're like, <laughs> someone's sitting next to you, you're like, what are you doing? <laughs> There's an open seat right there. Why did you sit next to me? You're just stuck. We don't know how to wait. Stoplights. Ads on. We just don't know how to wait. We can't wait. Why? We need it now. Wait on the Lord. Do you think think there's any, any connection between our lack of patience and the amount of spiritual warfare, of depression, oppression, and anxiety, suicidal thoughts in our culture? Man, it's because we don't know how to wait and trust the Lord. Instant gratification culture. Let's learn to wait. So we're going to look back at the story of Moses real quick and the Israelites creating idols and take some note on how to wait on the Lord. I'm going to give you two things. One thing to do and then one thing not to do. The first thing to do is embrace Sabbath. So everyone say embrace Sabbath. Sabbath. So the Sabbath was... uh, commandment given to the Israelite people to take one day of the week and to do no work and to commit it to God. And so in doing so, in Exodus 31, he tells why. He says, I want you to take a Sabbath because it's a proclamation to the pagan nations that God created the earth in six days and rested on the seventh. And so Sabbath rest was always meant to be a signpost, a light to pagans or unbelievers to see the beauty of God's creation. So the Sabbath isn't a, isn't a day of the week that you take an afternoon nap on Sunday. It's not a day that you can't hang out with your friends. Some of us have grew up in denominations where we couldn't mow our lawn on Sunday and we couldn't, I don't know, like take the trash out and we had to like take an afternoon nap and we had to go to church Sunday and Sunday night. You know, like that's what we learned what the Sabbath was. It was a day of church, not a day of rest. And so a lot of people in the the charismatic circles like what we're in will say something like, well, we don't need the Sabbath anymore. And I'm like, <laughs> you don't need rest? No, brother. I have rest every day. Rest in the Lord. Netflix is not rest, my friend. Three hours on YouTube is not a day of rest unto the Lord. Streaming on Twitch is not rest. Video games for three hours, that's not rest. Rest in the Lord, we find in Hebrews 4. Rest in the Lord is waiting on the Lord. In Hebrews 4, it talks about how the Israelite people, and referring back to Moses in this story, it says they were they were. Uh, they hardened their hearts. 
And the Lord cried out to them and they didn't hear his voice. So Sabbath is time that we wait in the presence of God. Sabbath is a time and a space dedicated to resting or pursuing or waiting on the Lord with no distractions. That means your phone's away, you're not on the U version on your phone where you can get 9 million notifications while you're trying to pray. And then three people, three people message you on Instagram, and then all of a sudden you're out of the presence of the Lord and you're in something else, right? You're distracted. Waiting on the Lord is just silence. It's like, whoa, Jesus. Waiting on the Lord is, Jesus, you, you paid everything. You came down to earth and tore the veil so that all of humanity through faith in Christ can have access to the Father. So now, I don't have to work anymore. I don't have to offer a lamb to be sacrificed. I don't have to undo my bad things with good things. All I have to do is in faith approach Jesus and then Jesus brings me to the Father and then the Spirit connects me to the Father through faith. And by your grace, I can just rest. Wait, God, I don't have to do anything? See, resting is resting from performance. It's resting from striving. It's resting from anxiety. And it's fixing our attention and our eyes on God with no distractions. So Sabbath is a dedicated time, a day in the week that you do that. Some people say, well, I don't need a full day, Jake. Listen, what the day does, the dedicated day of rest intentionality to still our soul to rest it's embracing the Sabbath what that does is it rhythms our heart Nick talks all about this if you want to learn more about this just go talk to Nick he'll like he'll listen to you but then he'll talk (laughs) (laughs) you'll rhythm your heart to where when you are busy with work and homework and school and family you won't lose your rest See, when you dedicate time to rest, it makes resting easier in places of unrest. We'll get into it. Jesus modeled this lifestyle of rest in, Je- in Luke 5, 16. says this, Jesus often withdrew to the wilderness to pray. How, how often? Yeah, brother, I don't need that. Okay. Jesus often withdrew. Okay, theology 101. Jesus is God, but you don't need it. You don't need it? Jesus needs it. Or better yet, he desired it. Better yet, he didn't need it, he wanted it. Because when he went away, he was with his father and he was at rest. See, most of us haven't even given it time to wait on the Lord. We get in the presence of the Lord, and then we get all inside of our heads, and we start questioning things, and all these thoughts come in, and we we actually, in pursuing rest, we get unrest, and we don't wait long enough. And since we don't wait long enough, we give up on it, because we don't give up on it. We go and we watch YouTube sermons, and we come to church, and we're like, well, that's just good enough for me. I feel a little bit better. Worship was good. And now I leave. You go to bed, and your mind's racing. Demonic forces, demonic power still rushing in. Depression, all of it sitting, and the Lord's saying, When will you just wait on me? Remember, 
Those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. Mount up on the wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not grow faint. The, the Lord is good to those who wait for him. You see, we've gone in with a microwave mindset. And we, we five minutes, Lord, I gave you five minutes. And I wonder if we learn to wait for longer than what we're comfortable with. And we might actually experience the goodness of the Lord. We might actually experience something. We might actually experience a father who sent his son Jesus 2,000 years ago, we might actually experience that reality in not a theological way only, but in an experiential way in which faith rises up and we experience the grace of God for our life and we experience that, that, that verse in Lamentations that the Lord is good to those who wait for him. We gotta get rolling here, man. Embrace the Sabbath. Jesus embraced the Sabbath. He embraced that. He embraced this rhythm of just being present in every moment. Remember, slow down. Freedom is here. It's not something out there. It's something that's, that God has wit right here in front of us. And he, the reason he wants, to he wants us to wait on him is because then we get to experience that goodness that's right in front of us. We don't need to go out there. We need to, to rest and learn to wait. So a day of rest, or an intentional day of rest, will lead to the lifestyle of rest. So when we intentionally set aside a day and a time, with no distractions, and we dedicate it to the Lord, some of us have boyfriends, girlfriends, I have a spouse, like when we're going to, I'm like, I put that on the calendar, boy, we're going out to Anna's house. Like with my wife, I'm like, we're going out. Like when I'm like, we're going, like when I'm going to go on a date, I'm like it's in the calendar, baby. Some of y'all need to make a date with God. Some of y'all need to make a date and say, you know what? This is my day. This is my time where I wait with silence. Well, Jake, what should I do? Nothing. What do you mean nothing? Don't even do it. Just, just literally approach this empty space of God. And whatever you have in you, whatever faith you have, you use that faith. Use whatever you have and bring it and be naked before God and say, God, this is all I have. But I trust you. I wonder if you'll do that. And I wonder if God would show up in that room. See, most, most of us have never done that. Or maybe we've tried it once or twice. We'll try it every day. And then all of a sudden you'll be like, Lord, you'll quick squeak that door open. You'll be like, Lord, you in there? You'll be like, <laughs> you start doing that consistently and you'll start not needing it. You'll want it. Just like with, with any relationship, the more that you get to know someone, the more that you're like, I cannot wait to be with that person. Well, Jake, shouldn't I crack open my Bible? You should crack open your Bible. But you should have a time of silence. Because I know how we get, when we get in that Bible, we're like, Bible, and then we're like, I don't understand this, and then we're getting the Bible, and then we're like, this is all about me, and then you're Bible, and you're like, theology questions, and then you're like, Bible, and then you're like, oh, what about this question, and then you're like, Bible, and you're like, oh yeah, this is what I'm going to use to debate this guy at my college, this is what I'm going to use to, to, you know, we're like, we get all these crazy thoughts, and we're like, we miss the point of getting to know the author. And so we need the Bible, we need the scriptures, you need them, but you need silence. You need Sabbath. You need rest. You need dedicated space unto the Lord. And maybe after that silence, 
Maybe, I don't know, you got to work that out on your own. You go to the scriptures and you read the scriptures. But you need that silence. You need that rest. You need that waiting on the Lord. You need that waiting on the Lord. Remember, waiting on the Lord is the safest place to be. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to skip forward a little bit. Second thing we need to do, we need to embrace the Sabbath, and then we need to reject endless busyness. Oh, I'm about to go at you. Are you ready? Can I, who can I, can I attack this section? Can I go after you guys? You're not going to take it personal? Okay, I'm just going to talk to like an idea, but I'm going to be looking at you, okay? So don't get mad at me, okay? Maybe you should get mad at me, but it's all right. You're not mad at me. Reject endless busyness. The Israelite people were at the bottom of the mountain. Well, Moses was with God, right? He's with God. Other people, not with God. They're at the bottom. Here's my point here. Our impatience with God is what gives birth to our idols. Another way that I'm going to put this is it's in the busyness of life where idols are built. Some of y'all don't even know it, but you're building idols right now. We don't even know it. We're just going through life. We're just doing our thing. We're not waiting on the Lord. There's no time dedicated to him. We're just going through life. We're trying our best. We're coming to church. We're doing our thing. We don't even know it, but idols are being built because we're not in the presence of God. It's in this busyness. We don't even know it, but we're like, man, you have like people that work on the degree to get the job. Not all the time, but an idol could be being built. Work out, working out endlessly because we need to have the perfect body to get a girlfriend or a boyfriend. An idol could be being built. Working double shifts, picking up extra shifts to buy more clothes. Busyness is, could be building our idols. Endless Netflix episodes, binge-watching YouTube, endless political podcasts. Busyness could be building our idols. And here's why I believe for me, in my life, when I've, when I've not consistently pursued the presence of God and waiting on the Lord, as I pray about it and I go to the Lord and he shows me, just for me, this is just my experience. The reason I don't like the presence of the Lord at times, or I don't want to go in there, is because I'm confront, God confronts me with my idols. Because it's in busyness where idols are built. And these are things we can control. These are things that we can put our hands on. And we can be the ones who are controlling our life. Things that we think we can control. It's things that we, we, we understand. And it's things that are comforting because people around us are building similar idols. And we have clubs talking about our idols. And there's Instagram pages celebrating idols. And there are YouTube channels and podcasts talking about these idols every day. And we say, if other people are doing it, then maybe it's not that bad. And all the while, those people are not in the presence. We're not in the presence. We think we're okay while we're building them pot. Tower of Babel, thinking that we can reach God apart from Him. Ah, this section's got it. I'm yelling at you, and you're still clapping. This is amazing. It's that Holy Ghost anesthesia again. <laughs> Do you guys get it? Listen, the hustle culture, the frantic culture, the nonstop culture, always hanging out with friends, always doing something, always filling your calendar. You think it's, you, you just don't want to be lonely. Listen, if, you, if you'll pursue Jesus, if you'll pursue the Father through faith with a genuine heart in the scriptures, you won't be alone for long. 
Because God is a faithful God. He sent his son Jesus, and he sends his spirit to any of those that would search for him to give comfort and friendship and identity. So idols have to go. It's not like an okay thing, like, yeah, I got some idols, you know, like, like, give me a break. We call it American Idol. We're like, yeah, American Idol. Everyone's watching it. It's like, yo, like, think for a second what we're doing. Those are the idols. Five seconds of fame, you know, like, sorry, just like, it's just these narratives that we just get sucked into, and I'm like, what are we doing? So they have to go. Idols have to go. They're a spit in the face of our King Jesus. It's not just a thing that the Lord wants to deal with. It's, a, it's, a, it's an idol that he wants to burn in your life. He's not okay with them. He loves you, not okay with the idols, because your idols are the thing that are destroying you and me. I'm not yelling at you. I don't know who I was pointing with right here. I'm not <laughs> pointing at you, Amara. <laughs> so here's this, this last one. Ninth to last point. <laughs> it's in the presence of God where idols go to die. It's in the waiting. That's why we don't like to wait. Because it's in the waiting in the presence of the creator, of the God who loves us. It's in the presence of Jesus where our idols go to be burned. So your flesh is crying out, don't go in there. Don't go in there. I need a host. I need to stay. Literally, it's like our body crying out, I don't want this idol gone. It's comforting. And all the while, Jesus is saying, just let me at that idol. Let me at it. Let me at that money. Let me at that self-image. Let me at that, let me at that comfort that you have, whatever it is. And it'll fall. Because nothing stands in the presence of Jesus. Once you bring that in faith, Genuine heart, God, this is my struggle, God. I, found, I find comfort in X. Why? I find comfort in this. I see it, God. I'm in your presence. I see it, and I'm not okay with it. Would you help me? And wait and watch those idols burn. Watch your heart just get comforted. Watch, you, watch the Father deal with you in a way that's not in an angry manner, but watch the loving Father who sent us on Jesus to die for our sins. Watch him enter your life and show you a much better way. He might discipline you, but it's, it's, for, your, it's for your good. He might tell you to give something up. He might tell you to quit something, but it's not because he's mad. It's because he has a brighter future. Uh, okay, I'm going to end with this story. I'm already eight minutes over. Never, I was going to say something, I'm not going to. Somebody whistled, oh my gosh. I should have been here like five years ago. We preached like way longer. <laughs> Who was around like five years ago? When we preached like for 55 minutes. Some of you are like, what? Yeah, wait on the Lord, you wait on me. <laughs> Kidding, I'm not the Lord. <laughs> That's the only amen I've gotten from you all day, Kimmy. <laughs> oh, man. I'm having fun. Okay, I'm going to end with this. Um, it's in the presence of God where idols go to die. It was last year. It was last February, actually, almost a year from today. And we were, I was at the Real Talk Sex and God weekend. Who was there last year? We have another one in March, March 25, 26. It's a weekend where we talk all about sex, sexuality, and it's just a great weekend. 
was at the weekend, and one of the speakers was doing an activation with us, and he told us just to go to the Lord, get in the presence of God, and just ask the Lord what he wants to say to you. So I was in the prayer. It was just in a, it's a holy moment. It's just such a, it was just, I was just with God. It was just crazy where you're just sitting there, and you're just like, man, and God, I'm just with you. It was so beautiful. I was sitting there. You can throw the picture up of the, of the living room and the window. And he showed me a picture. This is my living room. He showed me myself in my, on my couch. So I was like, in a sense, I got this picture of me in my couch, and I, it was that view right there that you're seeing. And I'm looking out the window. And then outside the window is everything that I thought I needed to be. It was basically like this. It was everything that I wasn't doing that I thought I should be doing. It was everything that I wanted to be, but I wasn't. And it was just like a flash in the mind of like everything. I was like, Jake, do better. Jake, you need to be better. Jake, you're not good enough. Jake, be better. Jake, be better. It was like this loud voice screaming at me to be better. And the Lord was showing me the idol of my own reputation. He's showing me this, this, this idolization of my own view of my life that I needed to be. It's an idol of self. It's an idol of control. And he just showed me this. And I was just like, I couldn't bear it. And I started weeping. I was like, God, I... I was like, I don't know what to do. Like, I, it was just like, I was so helpless. I'm just sitting there, I'm just seeing all these things flash before my eyes, and I'm like, yeah, I know, God, I'm not there. I'm not there. I know it, God. I know it. I'm not good enough. And then all of a sudden, you can see the door on the right side. And all of a sudden, I was like, what do you want to say? What are you saying to me, Lord? What are you saying to me? What are you saying to my soul? I'm waiting. What are you saying? And, he, and all of a sudden, I turned to the right, and this, this, this thing that was playing out in my mind, you can call me crazy, but it transformed me. And the door opened. It was just so beautiful. Jesus walks out. And just in this thing that I'm playing in my mind, he walks out. He says, Jake, let's go outside. That was it. Some of you were like, what the heck happened? And it was like, boom, transformation. In my, in my mind, it was just like, it's over. I'm free. He was inviting me to stop looking out the window and start walking with him. He said, Jake, let's go. I'll show you what you're supposed to be. Not just you and your image of what you're supposed to be. I'll show you. You see, it's in the presence of God. It's, it's in the waiting of your soul and your turmoil and your pain. It's in the waiting. You say, God, I feel this and I, I'm not good enough, but I know you're good. And he comes to the door. He says, just come follow me. Just walk with me. And from that day, it was like, Boom, done. Like, I'm walking with Jesus. Three months later, I had a crazy deliverance. Like, not deliverance. I'd, like, I had a spirit of oppression, like, lifted off me, like, three months later. And it was just this journey of, like, spiritual health, emotional health that the Lord took me, to, took me through. And it was through waiting on the Lord. It's through waiting on him and being in his presence. Friends, you'll never regret waiting on the Lord. It is the safest place to be. My encouragement to us tonight is just to slow down. Dedicate time every single week to be in his presence and to pursue him with a genuine heart, to go to his scriptures, to find the truth, to find out who God is and who he created you to be and wait on him. Let me pray for you guys. If you're here tonight and you're not right with God, if you're here tonight and you are not certain, you're not certain of your eternal destination. If you're here tonight and you're like, I've known about God, or maybe I've heard about God, but I've never given him my life, 
He is, he, he's not a thief. He's not going to come steal your life. He offered his son Jesus as a perfect sacrifice for your sin that you could never undo. And he says, if you'll have faith in me and my resurrection and the resurrection of Jesus, he says he offers you his grace to forgive your sin and to make you a brand new person securing your eternal destination. If you've never done that or you need to do that today because you're not certain, I'm going to give you to the count. I'm just going to count to three. I want you to raise your hand and I want to pray with you. One, two, three. Raise your hand up. That's you. I see that hand. I see that hand. I see that hand. I see that hand. Anyone else? Praise God. Listen, the Lord is good. He is good to save. He is faithful to save. You can put your hands down. It's not a matter of how good you can be. It's not a matter of, of, of what you've done. It's a matter of you coming just bare and naked and, and vulnerable before God saying, I trust you with my eternal destiny. I trust you with my life. And it is Jesus who saves. So would everyone just repeat after me? Say, Heavenly Father, thank you for sending Jesus to be the perfect sacrifice for my sin so that he could give me new life. I put my faith in Jesus alone. And from this day forward, I turn from my old ways, and I turn towards the life that God has for me. Holy Spirit, help me. And from this day on, I choose to wait on the Lord. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Give it up for those people. Come on, guys. Praise God.